Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is 6.09 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, May 16th, 2020. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 207 of the WCWUS Radio Network's weekly review show. This is WCWUS Power Hour. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWUS Champion. Chop back on the line with you. As a remainder of the panel, way too tough to handle, of course, taking, of course, a much-needed breather after what was a real big-time week here in the radio network, of course. You know, of course, getting by the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, uh, some big-time announcements that took place here. Uh, but, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <clears throat> we have, of course, a lot of things to mention here this evening, including, of course, what took place here in the radio network here during the week. Also, of course... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will bring you, of course, today's wrestling history and birthdays, plus some wrestling news tidbits, courtesy of our friends at 411mania.com. If you care to join us and listen in on what we have to discuss here this evening on 207 of Power Hour, please feel free to, of course, as always, to give us a call. Our phone number is always 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID, of course, 141-364-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to discuss here this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get things started as we talk about first start off with our wrestling history and birthdays here for today, May the 16th. On this day, uh, back in 1964, 56 years ago today, ladies and gentlemen, in Omaha, Nebraska, Vern Gagne defeated Mad Dog Vashon to win the AWA World Heavyweight title for the seventh time. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let me make sure I have my math here correct here. Give me just one sec, folks. Uh, yes. Uh, of course, on this date in 1984, ladies and gentlemen, sadly, we actor Andy Kaufman, of course, sadly dies of lung cancer in Los Angeles. He was only 35 years old. Best known for his work as Latka Gra- uh, Graves or Gravis. I think it was Gravis, but I'm not sure. On the hit TV series Taxi, Kaufman occasionally wrestled, called himself the intergender wrestling champion of the world, and offered $1,000 to any woman that could beat him. Wrestling-wise, he's known best known for his long feud with Jerry the King Lawler. Kaufman would be the subject of a biographical film 
1999 called Man on the Moon, which actually featured uh, Jerry Lawler. Of course, you know, Danny Coffin was played by actor Jim Carrey. And what a great performance there, I will, I will say, indeed. Uh, on this day here, uh, and I believe in 1980, yes, in 1987, in Atlanta, Georgia, the Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane defeated Ronnie Garvin and Barry Windham to win the vacated NWA United States Tag Team titles. Uh, 22 years ago today, which would put it at, uh, yes, in 1998, Yes, ECW presented a matter, matter of respect, 98, from the ECW Arena in Philadelphia. Portions of the, of the event would air on the May 20th, May 27th, June 3rd, and June 10th episodes of ECW Hardcore TV, which you can find out on the WWE Network. Just Incredible defeated Jerry Lynn 2-1 in a best-of-three falls match. Chris Chieta defeated Jamie Dundee. Mikey Whipwreck defeated Mike Lazansky. Kronos defeated Danny Doring. Supernova and the Blue Meanie and the FBI, Little Guido and Tracy Smothers. Uh, their tag team match fought to a no contest. Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney defeated the FBI. Of course, it was Little Guido and Tracy Smothers. Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Al Snow. Chris Candido and Sabu versus Lance Storm and RVD also ended in a no contest. And the team of Spike Dudley, the Sandman, and Tommy Dreamer defeated the Dudleys, Big Dick Dudley, Bubba Ray Dudley, and Devon Dudley in a stairway to hell match. <clears throat> 21 years ago today, which would put it at 1990, let's see. Yes, 1999, WWF presented No Mercy from the Manchester Evening News Arena in Manchester, England. The UK exclusive event would not be released for North American audiences until January the 4th, 2000, more than six months after the event took place. And about two and a half months after the WWF, uh, um, after, after the after the uh, the American version of the event, yes. In uh, a side note, both the VHS and the 2010 DVD releases of the event are highly sought after. The VHS, for obvious reasons, and the 2010 DVD because there are no edits to the original broadcast. Not even the WWF logo is blurred out. Of course, it has that like it has been, of course, ever since, of course, you know, obviously, you know, they've taken out the, they would, they would blur out the old WWF logo, not put anything in its place. But in this case, it did not do that. Here are the matches that took place here, ladies and gentlemen. Tiger Ali Singh defeated Gilberg in just 65 seconds. The Ministry of Darkness, Vistara, Farouk, and Bradshaw defeated The Brood, which was Gangrel, Edge, and Christian. Steve Blackman defeated Draws. Kane defeated Midian by DQ. Nicole Bass defeated Tori, as in X-Pac's girlfriend Tori, in just 27 seconds. Shane McMahon defeated X-Pac to retain the European title. Billy Gunn defeated Mankind. Of course, you know what his nickname was. And Steve Austin defeated The Undertaker and Triple H in an Anything Goes Triple Threat match to retain the WWF title. Uh, let's see here. Uh, also, on this date in 1999, ladies and gentlemen, ECW presented Hardcore Heaven from the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. And here are the matches that took place here. Taz defeated Chris Candido via submission in just 70 seconds to retain the ECW World Heavyweight title. Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley defeated Boss Mahoney and Spike Dudley to retain the ECW Tag Team titles. Super Crazy defeated defeats Taka Mishinoku. Tajiri defeats Little Guido. 
Lance Storm defeated Tommy Dreamer. RVD defeats J Jerry Lynn in a no-time-limit match to retain the World TV ECW TV title. Sid defeat, defeated Justin Credible via DQ. Taz defeated Bubba Ray Dudley via submission in a false count anywhere match to retain the ECW World Heavyweight title as well. <clears throat> See, 20 years ago today in the year 2000, at a SmackDown tape in Detroit, Michigan, Gerald Briscoe defeated Crash Holly to win the hard, WWF Hardcore top, uh, title. 18 years ago today, which we put it at 2002, Sh Shochi Arai sadly was found dead in Mizumoto Park in Tokyo. He hung himself by the neck with a tie. He was just 35 years old. In 1995, Arai took over F FMW after buying it from founder Atsushi Onita. Under his tenure, the deathmatch style that made FMW famous was phased out. While it led to safer working conditions, attendance and, attendance and revenue declined. The decline only sped up when one of his top supporters and top draw, Hayabusa, broke his neck in a match in October of 2001. Interest in the company almost, was almost non-existent following the injury, and FMW would close for good in February 2002 under mounting debt. Three million against the company, and another million in personal debt by a ride to Yakuza groups. A ride hung himself so that his ex-wife, his ex his wife, left him in the months following FMW shutdown. Would use the insurance money to pay off the the, the Yakuza. Yakuza. There you go. It turned out it wasn't nearly enough. The Arai family would still be paying the debt years later. In, two, in 2015, FMW resurfaced under the name Cho Sento Piracao FMW. The original FMW founder, Atushi Onita, was brought on board. The promotion was hit with a double whammy in 2016. Uh, Ray, one of the top Joshis of the promotion, was diagnosed with stage, stage 3 brain cancer in February. The tumor is inoperable. She went under genuine surgery for hydrocephalus and accumulation of spinal fluid in the brain. Um, it was early uh, in or it was earlier in May of 2017, just two weeks uh, after the announcement of, of, of Ray's cancer. One of the, one of the new FMW's founders, Hayabusa, who was the face of the original FMW, sadly died of a brain aneurysm in March 2016 at the age of 47. 16 years ago today, 2004, WWE presented Judgment Day from the Staples Center in Los Angeles. 18,722 were in attendance with 235,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That is down actually from 315,000 homes for the 2003 event. Here are the matches that took place. In a pre-show match on Sunday Night Heat, Mark Jindrak defeated Funaki. As for the actual matches, RVD and Rey Mysterio defeated the defeated Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley. Tori Wilson defeated Don Marie. Mordecai defeated Scotty Tuhati. Charlie Haas and Rico defeated Hardcore Holly and Billy Gunn to retain the tag team titles. Chavo Guerrero defeated Jacqueline to win the Cruiserweight title. John Cena defeated Rene Dupree to retain the United States title. The Undertaker defeated Booker T. And JBL defeated Eddie Guerrero by DQ in a WWE title match. The bout is noted for Guerrero lacerating himself a little too much following a chair shot, making Guerrero literally gush blood from his forehead. Ten years ago today, we put it at 2010, TNA presented Sacrifice in the Impact Zone at Universal Orlando. Here are the matches that took place. 
the Motor, Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, defeated Beer Money Inc., of course, James Storm and Robert Roode, and Team 3D, Brother Devon, Brother Ray, of course, uh, the other the TNA name for the Dudleys, in a three-way match to become the number one contenders for the TNA World Tag Team titles. Rob Terry defeated Orlando Jordan to retain the, global, the TNA Global title. Douglas Williams defeated Kazarian to win the TNA X Division title. Madison Rain defeated Tara in a title versus career match to retain the TNA Knockouts title. With the loss, Tara could never compete in TNA again. In reality, it was a write-off as Tara was on the fence about re-signing with the company. She eventually would, and she eventually would return a few months later. The band, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, defeated Inc. Inc., who was Jesse Neal and Shannon Moore, to retain the TNA World Tag Team titles. Abyss defeated Desmond Wolfe. With the win, Abyss won the services of Desmond's manager, Chelsea, for a month. Had Desmond won, he would have received Hulk Hogan's Hall of Fame ring that was given to Abyss. Hmm. Jeff Hardy defeated Mr. Anderson. Steen defeated Jeff Jarrett in just 14 seconds. Of, of course, it, it helped Jarrett that Jarrett was beaten down hard by Steen. And RVD defeated AJ Styles to retain the TNA World Heavyweight title. Nine years ago today, which would put it at 2011, TNA rebranded their weekly television show as Impact Wrestling using the tagline, Wrestling Matters Again. The campaign included purchasing billboard advertisers across the country, including a few in Stanford, Connecticut, which was the home of WWE. At the first taping of the rebranding Universal Orlando, Abyss defeated Kazarian to win the TNA X Division title. Eight years ago today, we put it at 2012, Ring of Honor star Tommaso Ciampa announced his video on Twitter. They had been diagnosed with diverticulitis. Ciampa, <clears throat> in 140 characters or less, said this. Apparently, even beasts can be slowed down. Had the flu and a stomach virus last week. Found out I had diverticulitis. Down 14 pounds. Still plan on murdering, murdering some some uh, bees this weekend. I have a loss to redeem and more to prove than ever before. The announcement comes just four days after suffering his first pinfall loss in Ring of Honor. Despite the diagnosis, Ciampa continued to wrestle and was at best of the world hostage crisis the next month. And here we have, and of course, I've been told we have plenty of birthdays, so here we go right here. First off, ladies and gentlemen, we want to wish a very happy 46th birthday for Alexander Wright, or of course, simply Alex Wright. The German-born Wright was trained by his father and British wrestler Steve Wright, wrestling for the first time at age 16. Alex joined WCW in 1994 when the company was on tour in Germany. Nicknamed Das Wunderkid, which is German for prodigy, literally, mean, literally meaning wonder child, Wright went unbeaten for nearly a year, beating veterans such as Bobby Eaton and Paul Roma. Roma was fired in February 1995 for being too stiff on Wright, and also even Arn Anderson, I bet not, of course, by pinfall's submission. In his first pay-per-view, in his pay-per-view debut at Star K94, Wright defeated John Paul Lebeck, who, of course, would go on to have somewhat moderate success, of course, in WWF, WWE as Triple H. In 1995, Wright participated in New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors Tournament, finishing in a five-way tie for fourth, missing the playoff by a single win. Wright, Wright toiled mostly in the mid-card, including teaming up with and occasionally feuding with Disco Inferno. Following his first heel turn in the summer of 97, 
Wright won his first title, defeating Chris Jericho for the Cruiserweight title. He lost the title just three weeks later back to Jericho. Less than a week later, would win the World TV title from Ultimate Dragon. He held the title for a month before losing to the Disco Inferno. Wright was set to be repackaged as Berlin in the spring of 1999, but the Columbine School Massacre that took place in April of that year put the plans on hold as the company did not want to invoke similarities between the character and the teenagers responsible for the event. Berlin didn't debut until late August, but the character was virtually dead on arrival as fans were nonplussed towards the new Alex Wright, who erringly refused to speak English and was accompanied by a bodyguard named The Wall. Compounding matters, Wright faced an uncooperative hacksaw Jim Duggan, who substituted for both Bagwell at Fall Brawl. Bagwell refused the job on pay-per-view. Duggan no-sold Berlin's offense. Berlin and the Wall would be split up in November, but the Wall was the one that really got the push. Wright would be off of television. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, for most of the next year, returned to September 2000 and reunited with Disco Inferno. Of course, now name is spelled it just like the the, the, the singer Disco D I S K O. I mean Cisco, which is S I S K O. He named himself Disco, which is D I S K O. Of course, he wouldn't be known named as the Boogie Knights. Wright would win the tag team titles in November 2000 in his homeland, but with general erection. Of course, he knows Hugh Morris. Disco was sidelined with an injury, but would lose him to Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak of the Natural Born Thrillers. As Wright was signed to a contract with AOL Tom Warner, he was not picked up following the sale of WCW to the WWF in March of 2001. In fact, Wright has largely retired from active competition. He took a break from wrestling due to being burned out by backstage politics in WCW. He would wrestle occasionally for German wrestling promotions and even started one himself called New European Championship Wrestling in 2009. Wright also has his own wrestling school called The Wright Stuff in his hometown of, Neu <clears throat> of Nuremberg, which is in Germany, of course. Today is a happy 59th birthday for Charles Wright. Wrestling under such names as Sir Charles, Kama, and Kama Mustafa, Wright is probably best remembered as The Godfather. Breaking into the wrestling business after while bouncing for a bar while, while wrestlers filmed the movie Over the Top, Wright landed with Jerry Lawler's United States Wrestling Association in 1989 as the Soul Taker. He briefly held the USWA Unified World Heavyweight title in the fall of 89. After, <clears throat> after a tour of New Japan Pro Wrestling and the Independent Circuit, Wright joined the WWF in 1991 at the suggestion of Mark Calloway, of course, also known as The Undertaker. He wrestled as Sir Charles, a play on both his real name and the nickname of NBA player Charles Barkley. The character was hardly used, but his first big break came in early 1992 as voodoo practitioner Papa Shango. Shango carried a skull with him to the ring and could make strange things happen, from controlling the arena lights, making opponents come down with pain, and make them vomit. Shango was thrust into a feature feud almost immediately, where he also gained infamy. Shango missed his cue to run in during the WrestleMania 8 main event between Hulk Hogan and Sid Justice. The crew created a unique quirk in WWF history. Sid became the first man to kick out of the Hogan leg drop. Shango and Sid would double-team Hogan until the returning Ultimate Warrior made the save. <clears throat> uh, Sid was set to feed with Ultimate Warrior, but Sid failed a drug test shortly after WrestleMania 8 and was fired from the company. Shango would get the spot. 
The feud is commonly cited as among the worst in wrestling history, with plot points including Warrior vomiting and unexpectedly bleeding. The feud went nowhere as Warrior would feud with Randy Savage by the summer. The Shango Warrior bout never took place as Warrior was fired from the company. Shango's only notable moments uh, from from there were the loss in the WWF title match against Bret Hart on the final Saturday Night's main event in his original run in 1992 and a quick elimination in the 1993 Royal Rumble match. Shango did defeat Tito Santana in dark matches at SummerSlam and at WrestleMania 9. <clears throat> in 1993, Wright returned to the USWA as Papa Shango and won the unified world heavyweight title for a second time. Wright wanted no part of the title as he felt the belt was only put on him to appease the African-American audience. He dropped the belt to Owen Hart just over a month later and soon returned to bartending. The Papa Shango character is often regarded as among the worst in wrestling history. The gimmick was panned by fans and critics alike. Shango was voted both worst gimmick and most embarrassing wrestler in the 1992 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. I mean, he was, he was pretty cool to me, but that's just Wrestling Observer Newsletter's opinion. Power Slam Magazine uh, writer Finn Martin didn't mention words when describing the gimmick in 2013, calling it a total embarrassment. Fans exhaled, exhaled loudly each time he appeared on screen. Shango bombed, and deservedly so. And again, that's just his opinion, but not anybody else's. Despite that, it was nearly brought back by the fall of 94 by the WWF. They toyed with the idea of Shango being behind Bob Backlund's suddenly erratic behavior, ultimately decided not to run with it. Instead, Wright was brought back as shoot fighter, comma, the supreme fighting machine. He was part of Ted DiBiase's Million Dollar Corporation. His only notable feud came in the spring and summer of 95 when Kama melted the Undertaker's urn and made a necklace out of it. After Undertaker defeated Kama at SummerSlam, Kama's only other major appearance came in the 1996 Royal Rumble match where he was eliminated by Diesel after about 16 minutes. The WWF began thought of reviving the Papa Shango character in 97, when Wright returned to the company, as that he returned under his most recent gimmick, Kama Mustafa, as a member of the all-African-American group, the Nation of Domination. They fitted with the all-white Disciples of the Apocalypse and all-Latino Los Bariquas in the gay war warfare storyline that ran throughout the year. Mustafa became known as the Godfather of the Nation, nicknamed Stuck, and Kama Mustafa became the Godfather. He stood with the Nation as part of a mutiny on its leader, Farouk, following WrestleMania 14. That summer, the Godfather, an unknown tough guy amongst the locker room, competed in the WWF's shoot fighting boxing tournament, Brawl for All. The Godfather made it to the semifinals before being knocked out by the eventual winner, Bar Gun. Of no Godfather upset former UFC and NWA champion Dan Severn in the first round. Around that time, Godfather debuted his hose in a tag team match with Mark Henry against the Legion of Doom. The persona would be turned up following the nation's dissolution in the fall. The Godfather, now storyline pimp, would be accompanied by his hose, usually ladies from the local area strip clubs. The hose would serve multiple purposes, from the usual distraction to bribes in exchange for forfeiting a match uh, to him. The Godfather, widely popular with audiences, would experience some success in the ring. In April 1999, the Godfather defeated Goldust for the IC title. He held it until late May when he was defeated by Jeff Jarrett. He was originally booked to lose the title at Over the Edge of to the Blue Blazer, also known as Owen Hart. His biggest win came in March of 2000, when he defeated Triple H in a non-title match on SmackDown. While The Godfather was a hit with audiences, it wasn't so much with critics and whistleblower groups, including the Parents Television Council. Restrictions began to be, be placed on what Wright could do or say, thanks to, to the controversy 
hurted his popularity. He became a tag team specialist, teaming with the likes of Val Venus, Mark Henry, and D'Lo Brown. The Godfather gimmick would be dropped for good at the hands of, of Right to Censor, a parody of the Parent, Parents Television Council. Will Buchanan defeated the Godfather per pre-match stipulations. Godfather had to give up Pippin and join the group. He became the good father and denounced his past. The duo briefly held the WWF tag team title before the stable split up just before the invasion storyline began in 2001. The Godfather would return in 2002 as the owner of an escort service, but Godfather escort service owner never quite caught on the way Godfather the Pimp did. He was briefly turned heel following the brand split of 2002, feuding with Val Venus on SmackDown. Wright was suspended in April after a planned attack on Val Venus. He told fans to stick it. Though he made a notable appearance interrupting the wedding of Billy and Chuck in September 2002, Wright never really recovered from stick it. Wright was released in December of 2002. Though Wright has wrestled occasionally since his release, most notably for the Hulkamania Let the Battle Begin tour in 2009, uh, Future Stars of Wrestling in 2013, and also Preston City Wrestling in 2014, Wright was for the most part, stayed away from the business for the next decade. He made occasional appearances for WWE, interrupting a visceral Lillian Garcia marriage proposal in 2005, interrupting the Tay Long Crystal Marshall wedding ceremony in 2007, and appearing in the 2013 Royal Rumble match since his retirement. He resumed wrestling on, on the independent circuit in 2013 and is considered semi-retired. In, in addition to occasionally wrestling, Wright manages a strip club in Las Vegas, in 2016, right as the Godfather was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Let's see. Today, ladies and gentlemen, is also, uh, we wish a very happy 81st birthday to Johnny Rodriguez, also known as Johnny Rods. A member of the WWE Hall of Fame class in 1996, Rodriguez was a mainstay during the WWF's early days and worked for NWA Hollywood in the 1970s. Rodriguez is best known these days as a trainer. As of 2017, he was known as a trainer, running a wrestling school in Brooklyn for a quarter century. Some of his most famous students include the Dudley Boys, Matt Stryker, Tommy Dreamer, Taz, and Bill DeMott. His, his more recent graduates as of 2017 was Colin Cassidy and also Marty Bell. Today would have been, ladies and gentlemen, the 92nd birthday of Alfred uh, Manuel Martin, but he's best known to baseball and wrestling fans as Billy Martin. Martin played for seven teams in his 11-year career as a player, also with the New York Yankees, where he won five World Series championships after, <clears throat> after four seasons as a coach for the Minnesota Twins in the mid-1960s. He would begin his managerial career with the Twins in 1969. He would manage four different teams, but he's best remembered for his five cents with the New York Yankees from 75 to 80. To 88, including a World Series in 1977. His viability on and off the field made him mostly a fan's favorite, but very hated amongst adversaries. In 1986, Martin's number one was retired by the Yankees. The wrestling connection, he was the first baseball celebrity to appear at a WrestleMania, serving as a guest ring announcer for the show's main event. Martin sadly was killed in a single vehicle accident when the car he was then slid off an icy road down a 300-foot embankment near his farm in Port Crane, New York, on Christmas Day in 1989. Sadly, he died at a hospital in Johnson City, New York, that evening. He was only 61. Martin was set to manage the Yankees for a sixth time at the time that he passed away. And also, ladies and gentlemen, today would have also been, 
today will also have been someone else kind of connected with WrestleMania. The very first one, we should say. The Today would have been the 101st birthday of, I'm going to try to pronounce his name, uh, Vlad, Vlazu Valentino Liberace, or just simply Liberace to his many fans. Known sometimes as Mr. Showmanship for his flamboyant performances and lifestyle, Liberace's five-decade career included numerous concerts, recordings, televisions, motion pictures, endorsements. He won two Emmys, had six gold albums, and a pair of stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and a trio of autobiographies. Despite publicly fighting the perception that he was that he was a homosexual, Liberace, at the height of his popularity, was the highest-paid entertainer in the world. The wrestling connection, as we said, Liberace was the guest timekeeper in the main event at the first WrestleMania. The night before the event, he guest starred on Saturday Night Live with Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Sadly, Liberace died of cytomegalovirus, which was an AIDS-related illness, on February 4, 1987, just three months after his final performance at Radio City Music Hall and just two months after his final TV appearance. It was on the Christmas 86 episode of the Oprah Winfrey Show. Liberace was the second major celebrity death of HIV-AIDS following the media frenzy surrounding the disease after long after longtime actor Rock Hudson in 1985. So let's see, ladies and gentlemen, also uh, in addition to, of course, to Billy Martin, to Liberace, Johnny Rods, <clears throat> the Godfather, and Alex Wright. Let me see, ladies and gentlemen, if we have, of course, any other birthdays. If we have any other birthdays, of course, to uh, to talk about here. So give us one second here, folks. I will try to get that. I'll probably get that, of course, here underway. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's see if we have any more here. Let's just check that out here. Okay, let's see here for May 16th, of course, we do like to, we do know that today is the birthday, like we said, of Alex Wright, of the godfather of Johnny Rods, also, of course, uh, Billy Martin and Liberace, who, of course, like I said, played uh, played a part in the main event, of course, of the very first WrestleMania, with, like I said, Billy, Billy Martin being the guest ring announcer, and Liberace being the guest timekeeper. Let's see right here for today, the 16th, let me see... Uh, we had one other, ladies and gentlemen, that was that I did not mention here, of course, as we wish a very happy today, let me see, 35th birthday to the husband of, of course, uh, uh, if you remember Maria, um, from, of course, from her days as a, uh, a, of course, a female competitor in the WWE, uh, her, her real life husband, of course, and the father of her children, Mike Kanellis. So happy 35th birthday to Mike, 
Mike, Mike Canellis as well. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, now I have, I am getting, I have, I have, like I said, noticed here that they did say there was a birthday today. That yesterday was that tomorrow is the birthday of Alex Wright, even though it said that the birthday was at was today. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will we will double check that here uh, moment momentarily here, and we'll see, of course, if in fact that is if in fact that is actually that is actually true here. Um, Let's see. Uh, actually, according to Wikipedia here, it's saying that he was born on the 17th. I don't know why they would put it on the 16th. So, but just keep in mind that Alex Wright's birthday is not today; it is actually tomorrow. So, apparently, our 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 page that we normally get a lot of the wrestling history off of does contain some of these birthdays, and apparently they must have been kind of incorrect on that statement. So, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Price's birthday is not today. It's actually tomorrow. So, But we still want, we, we will still, of course, want to wish him, of course, a very, uh, but we will, still, of course, wish you a very happy birthday there, of course, indeed. And there you have it there, ladies and gentlemen, with your wrestling, um, with your wrestling, of course, uh, <coughs> um, on wrestling news and news. I mean, rest in history and birthdays here for today. Uh, let's go ahead and give the number one more time here, folks. Of course, it is 6.41 p.m. on Saturday. On, this is today, of course, Saturday, May 16, 2020. Mr. WSWS, Chad Hinshaw here for episode 207 of WSWS Power Hour. Rest of the panel, we took up the handle, of course, taking it easy after a... Hey, what a big time week we did have here, of course. We did, of course, discuss what happened here with uh, Money in the Bank. Um, there was kind of some back back, back and forth uh, thoughts about some of the matches that took place here. Of course, a lot of big time surprises, of course, as we did here. The ultimate surprise was was that the the women's Money in the Bank ladder match this past Sunday. Of course, we all thought that it was for a contract for a future women's title match. It turns out, like I said, uh, as you know, Asuka won that match uh, to, uh, to what she thought at first was to earn her an opportunity to win the, to possibly pick out a, a title match of her choice, which it could have been either Raw, it could have been SmackDown, and heck, it probably even could have been NXT, I don't know. But the thing is, Becky Lynch, of course, at the time, the Raw Women's Champion, kind of threw us for, for a loop. Um, Kind of surprised us all. Well, no, let's, let's rephrase it that way. Kind of, really, really, in a way, kind of surprised us all here, as she officially announced, ladies and gentlemen, that the mat, the women's money in the bank ladder match this past Sunday was actually for the Raw Women's Title, and so Oscar, in a sense, instead of earning the opportunity to fight for the belt, she actually became the Raw Women's Champion, because Becky Lynch made the official announcement that she is pregnant with Seth Rollins' baby. So, like I so she also announced that, of course, this past Monday night here on Raw. Of course, Asuka and a lot of other folks were very, very happy for her, very, very surprised there indeed. And, of course, like I said, Becky Lynch, of course, will be out, uh, will be out, of course, of uh, action for quite some time while she goes and becomes a mother. Um, so, congratulations once again on behalf of everyone here in the WWS Radio Network.
Two, of course, uh, the man herself who actually is going to become is going to be probably start being known as the mom, as of course she will be, of course, becoming a mother here. Obviously, I, we have no idea about what Seth Rollins' uh, status is as of yet. I assume though he is going to be he he is going to be obviously uh, um, um, he he is actually probably going to be out and about there out as well of course because of this but nonetheless here folks congratulations of course in order to to um to seth rollins and of course uh um to becky lynch of course i'm becoming proud parents here very very soon and i think i've heard sometime towards the end of the year i think is when she's supposed to have the baby so like i said it might be a little while before we see her again but now oscar's now got that bullseye on her back and can't wait to see who is going to be facing her uh, there is a lot of interesting talent, of course, on Raw that could possibly go for that. Um, Shayna Baszler, of course, obviously has been mentioned. Um, of course, there's some talk that Ronda Rousey may end up returning at some point. She may go after Mickey James was even even had had mentioned officially, but it was on Twitter or Instagram once saying that she wants to be one of the first ones to actually challenge Oscar for that. So anything is like I said, ever possible here, folks. I mean, one of these ladies could get an opportunity. To fight for that belt, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we did have, of course, our prediction title challenge for Money in the Bank. Uh, we did get, we did we officially now have everybody's name. Um, uh, everyone has officially chose a championship belt from the challenge here as well. I will for, first go ahead and point out the results of that one more time. I know I've mentioned that twice this week, but I will go over it one more time just to reiterate here. Um, <clears throat> Because like there were two matches that was added at the right, right, right toward right, right. I think the sat, last Saturday before the event took place, and since we had everybody had already left their predictions, of course, um, a couple on on the Wolfpack and Revolution before Money in the Bank, it was just ultimately decided that everyone did. I did get every everyone two points to start everything off with, which. Like I said, I mean, it was only fair to everyone here because, like I said, we had no idea, of course, right towards the end, they were going to add these matches here as well. Of course, those two matches ended up being Jeff Hardy taking on Cesaro. And obviously, it was originally supposed to be R-Truth versus MVP. But a little bit later on, it was MVP. The, the R-Truth's opponent would later be changed from MVP to Bobby Lashley. So, like I said, those did not make any difference there. So, like I said, Everyone did get two points as a result of that since those matches were added up there towards the tail end. So officially, ladies and gentlemen, after all everything was calculated and was all double and triple checked here, that the official results are as follows. In a five-way tie for first place with six points, Michelle, Mitt, Fonzie, Ann, and Danny um, tied. <clears throat> tied. Like everyone... Like I said, Michelle, Mitt, Fonzie, Ann, and Danny picked up six points. Therefore, of course, like I said, the five-way tie for first place. JD and Bobby was a, tied for second with four. And the human suplex machine, John Gross, um, kind of came in a little bit under the wire here. He he managed, of course, counting the two points, the two points that he got. He only got really one, really one of the predictions right. So he officially did have three points. So, but nonetheless, that's okay because, I mean, everybody was kind of thrown for a loop here in this anyway. As you know, of course, ladies and gentlemen, some of the belts, for the belts, we should say, that was, um, 
that was, of course, contested, of course, did were at one time under the ownership of Randy Halen. And, of course, as you remember, we had to take those belts from Mr. Halen due, due to, of course, um, him, of course, uh, after trying to contact him for quite some time, we tried to ask him to come on and try to defend his belt, and he never got back with us. So, unfortunately, unless something, of course, ha has happened, we had no idea. So, if something has, I mean, we apologize for that, but, but we were not we were not informed of it. So unfortunately what we had to go ahead and do is just take the belts off of Mr. Halen. And I did, I was able to retrieve them and the remaining singles belts that were left or the four remaining singles belts that was from that were put into this, which was a WWF US world title, WWS light heavyweight title, WWS hardcore title and the Lucha US world heavyweight title. And of course, as for those belts, I will go ahead and tell you the, the new WWF, U.S. World Champion is Danny. The new WCW U.S. Light Heavyweight Champion is Ann. The new WCW U.S. Hardcore Champion is Fonzie. The new Lucha U.S. World Heavyweight Champion is John. Uh, Michelle became the new AEWS TNT title. Uh, Mitt became the new AEWS TV Champion. Uh, JD became the new NXT US Imperium champion and just found out today Mr. Hulkamania Bob Ziggler became the AWA US Super Clash champion. So ladies and gentlemen, the only belt that was remaining out of this was the NWO US sold out belt. That so because that one did not get chosen, it will we will decide about what we're going to do with that title uh, sometime down the road here. Uh, as you know, of course, here folks, uh, as you know here, of course, we were also scheduled last night to have the continuation of our match with the WWS International Heavyweight title between Dan, Dan, Danny defend the belt against Mitt. But, of course, Danny did contact us during the show saying that due to certain circumstances beyond his control, of course, with his phone, unfortunately, we were not able to have that match. Uh, so hopefully by this coming week, he, we will, he will be back on for this Friday's edition, coming Friday's edition of Revolution. And also, uh, we will, of course, have this match. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we were having a lot of difficulties uh, getting the Facebook uh, live video feeds established. Apparently now, ladies and gentlemen, there is something uh, apparently with the WWS computer. Uh, you have to have a certain version of Google Chrome or Firefox or the Firefox operating system to operate one of these videos. And apparently right now, ladies and gentlemen, we've had difficulty in trying to upgrade the computer. So unfortunately right now, to further notice, we're just for not for a while. Um, the live video feeds are pretty much going to be all the ones that we have done up until of course, last week, um, the, the week before I should say, um, those are the, those were the last ones probably for right now until we get something fully established. We're working on a new method to try to do something. I can't make any promise or guarantees that it will work, but like I said, we're working, we're, we're hopefully working on a program on something. And hopefully, we can get something situated here uh, by that point in time here. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to I will point out, of course, here as well, we did get some great thoughts and opinions here about uh, Raw, about SmackDown, about Money in the Bank, about AEW, about NXT. Um, there was a lot of good points of views here. We also got a chance to hear from some of, uh, from some of the guys that are a part of John Gross's Sports and Wrestling Incorporated Facebook page, including Mr. Antonio Gutierrez, 
Mr. Shaquille Cole Cephas, also Mr. Justin Lewis Fleming. Uh, we did we tried to get several others on, but uh, we weren't on it. We were unable to get to get anybody else going on here with us. So I apologize to those folks. Uh, but in the meantime, here we will work on trying to get something here so we can have everybody on here one time talking shop here about wrestling as we normally do. And until we do something of that nature, uh, like I said, we're just going to stick with pretty much just using TalkShoe as the primary source for everyone wanting to come on and, and talk shop about everything here in wrestling. Also, uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we, we want to also say a little bit of a prayer for the Iceman, Jared Girama, who's not been feeling well the past couple of days, actually since about last this past Wednesday or Thursday. But uh, he, he is, of course, resting, um, even as we speak to my understanding. And hopefully he will be, of course, back up, back up the speed here and, um, you know, be back on the speed here very, very soon here coming up here, um, coming up here, of course, by this Monday's after Monday afternoon's version edition of Raw Radio. Uh, but, uh, but he's, he's one of our, he's one of our great, great guys. He's one of our unique, uh, he's one of our unique, uh, uh, um, uh, <clears throat> of course, uh, mem members here, of course, a uh, big part here of the show, of course, ex extensive knowledge of wrestling. We, of course, cannot, of course, keep these shows going without, of course, his his contributions, of course, just like with everyone else, including Gerard's, Michelle's, um, Fonzie's, John's, Danny's, everybody's. I mean, JD's is a, is a very integral part of our of our network, and we do not want to, we, do, we hope and pray that, of course, he he does start feeling a little bit better, and hopefully we'll get to hear from him, of course, Monday afternoon, of course, on WWS Raw Radio. Uh, other than that, folks, uh, that's pretty much what we got as terms of, uh, of course, talking about what happened here this week. And don't forget to, uh, I will go ahead and mention, of course, uh, before we get to any wrestling news and news before we leave for the night, I will, of course, let everyone know here to check out WWS this morning, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., of course, 805-8613-POUND. Uh, we, of course, will bring you, of course, tomorrow's history and birthdays and also some uh, wrestling um, also some wrestling news tidbits from 411mania.com. So be sure to listen in on all that here, of course, coming up tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. As we said for WWS this morning, of course, 805-8613-POUND. Be sure to join us here for that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as we go to 6.54 p.m., of course, on Saturday, May 16, 2020, uh, before we close up 207, the Power Hour, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and see what wrestling news tidbits that we have, of course, here coming in, of course, I'm sure between yesterday and today, of course, here um, <clears throat> on our, of course, page here, uh, um, um, 411mania.com. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we do thank our friends in the WWS um, radio network here, of course, for allowing us here to read their stories on all of our shows, of course, which is which does include Revolution, Wolfpack, Raw Radio, uh, Power Hour, Outside the Ropes, and WWS This Morning, among others. Uh, let's see what some of the stories here. Uh, some of these we may have possibly heard last night, but I'll do, we, we will, of course, reiterate one or two of them here before we... Before we close out here, we have five stories here we'll go ahead and bring you here. Story came out uh, to the, today from Jeremy Thomas. 
apparently the Undertaker is calling out Brock Lesnar at UFC 121. If Le- on, on calling out Brock Lesnar at UFC 121, if Lesnar knew he was going to be there, says he felt bad. Dana White did not know. Let's see what let's see what this story. This is a very interesting uh, tidbit. Let's let's go ahead and see this right here. Uh, excuse me, there, folks. Uh, for one second, let me let me of course take care here. Sorry about that, here, folks. We just had a small message, but we'll we'll of course check that out here after the show. Anyway, this story here during an appearance on Ariel Hel- Helwani's MMA show for ESPN. The Undertaker talked about his famous call-out of Brock Lesnar at UFC 121 and who and who knew it was happening beforehand. The dead man appeared at the 2010 UFC pay-per-view where Lesnar was facing Cain Velasquez and was doing an interview with Helwani after Lesnar had lost the fight. As Lesnar walked by, Taker looked at him and said, Do you want to do this? And described as Helwani at the time. Talking with Helwani now a decade later, Taker says that Lesnar knew he was going to be there, but didn't know he was going what he was going to do. He added that Dana White had no idea, and that he felt bad because he thought it had been discussed between White and Vince McMahon. <clears throat> Let's see. Sorry, folks. The two would, of course, eventually meet in the ring, but not until WrestleMania 34 years later, when Lesnar broke the streak. Of course, highlights and, and of course, a full video of this story here, of course, are below on this page here. On calling out Lesnar at UFC 121, Undertaker says, I was there to pick a fight. Yeah, I was there. I was sent there personally to pick a fight. And, you know, I was unaware that Dana had no clear what was going to happen, which I felt horrible about, you know, after the fact. I thought there had been some kind of discussion between him and Vince. But it's like at that time, Brock was so hot in the MMA world, so obviously it's like, you know what? Why not? Why not try it? And there was no personal animosity, really. It was just me, basically. It was basically me saying, "All right, you left our world. I'm coming. I'm I'm coming coming to your world. I'm going to call you out." And that was it. And obviously, it was a huge media storm. Or whether he was seeking an MMA fight or a wrestling match, Undertaker says it would have been a wrestling fight. I was trying to get him back in my world. I'm pretty gutsy, but my days of getting in the octagon are far past me. I mean, I'm smart enough to realize that. But I thought if I could get somebody who obviously was, there was such a history there because of his run with WWE and, and his success with UFC. Look, this is huge if I can make it happen. So so that's what it's all about. On if Lesnar knew he was going to be there, Undertaker says, yeah, he knew I was going to be there. I don't know that. I don't know that he knew, you know. I don't know how much he knew about about what I was going to do, and it worked out. Because where I was at, you know, he could have went another way. He could have went back, you know, so I really got So I got really lucky that he came by us, you know. And actually, if you watch back, Michelle, my wife, who was with me, kind of nudged me like, here he comes, because I didn't even know that I would have done the interview if I had been in the right spot, you know what I mean. And it worked out perfectly, you know, it worked out perfectly for me. Because he came right by me, and I was like, "You want to do this?" And there was, and there was, man. I was hoping I was in the right place at the right time, and everything lined up there, man. So, so that was a very interesting. Uh, that was an interesting, of course, uh, little showdown. I do remember, of course, that was a very infamous moment right there. 
Of course, speaking of The Undertaker, of course, this was discussed on Revolution last night. Uh, Jeremy Thomas brought out the story yesterday. Uh, apparently, some new details on The Undertaker's latest WWE contract. Hmm. The Undertaker's most recent WWE contract is keeping him with the company for the long haul, according to a new report. The dead man signed a new contract with WWE back in April 2019. They're said to be, for all intents and purposes, a lifetime deal. And the Wrestling Observer Newsletter makes clear this way that the big money deal will keep him with the company for what is almost certainly the rest of his career. Let's <clears throat> write that here. As it was reported back at the time, the new deal was signed after Taker's previous contract expired, and he started talking outside bookings for appearances. That led to a deal to appear at StarCast, which upset Vince McMahon. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that the new deal offered and accepted was for 15 years. While this was not an official lifetime contract, it means Undertaker will be 69 when his contract expires, so function, so functionally it might as well be. Since signing that deal, Taker has, Taker has worked two Saudi Arabia shows, of course, which was the, both, both Super Showdowns uh, last August and, of course, back in February of this year, as well as, of course, this the match here at WrestleMania 36, the Bunyard match, of course, against AJ Styles. So... So, like I said, we'll see how he goes for the long haul here. I mean, Undertaker's a great performer. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I mean, will he be able to take it here? I mean, we'll have to wait and see what new, what will be the new crop of talent that will come in, of course, when he's still here. So, we'll have to wait and see. Ashish brought this story here. Uh, apparently, of course, as you know, the daughter of WWE Hall of Famer Paul Ellering, Rachel Ellering, of course, uh, was let go by WWE. Uh, Ashish brought bring out brought this story yesterday. As Rachel Ellering's WWE release reportedly came after she made complaints about the WWE medical team. The Red Sims of Renewsville report that the recent WWE release of Rachel Ellering stemmed from her speaking to company management about issues she had with WWE's medical team and medical procedures during her rehab following reconstructive knee surgery. WWE reported did not take her complaints well and she was given two options, both of which boiled down to her getting room. Boiled down to which boiled down to her eventually getting released. She was interested in the past in leaving WWE, but the decision to release her now was WWE's decision. Ellering confirmed on Twitter earlier this week that she had been released by WWE. This was said, uh, I do believe this was on the uh, this past Wednesday the 13th uh, at 7.03 p.m. This is what she tweeted out. And, of course, um, under at Rachel Evers WWE, we all know who we are. We will always be and will have a choice. We can hide in the shadows or stay or stand in the fight. So we'll have to wait and see what all happens here. Of course, as we said, of course, she is the daughter of WWE Hall of Fame manager, of course, Paul Ellering, who, of course, managed the legendary Legion of Doom for so many years. Uh, Joseph Lee uh, brought out this story yesterday as an as NCAA wrestler Gable Stevenson tweets and and deletes that he will. In his words, rule WWE. Okay, let's um, let's see let's see what we have right here. The Wrestling Observer News that reports that NCAA wrestler Gable Stevenson recently tweeted and later deleted a post saying that he would rule WWE soon. Stevenson, who competes out of the University of Minnesota, was the favorite to win the NCAA Heavyweight Title this year before the event was canceled. He's considered the greatest high school wrestler from the state. As a freshman, he placed second in the NCAA. He could have also made the Olympic team this year, although he wouldn't have been the favorite. It should have been noted 
that Stevenson had been had trained with Brock Lesnar in the past and knows Paul Heyman. When he was in high school, he it was it was considered that his future included multiple NCAA titles, the Olympics, and in the future in pro wrestling or MMA. It would be interesting to see, of course, uh, what, what how that would have uh, how would, that would have panned out there. And finally, one one more quick story before we close out here for the night, here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, of course, uh, Joseph Lee did report this. I believe JD did mention this, of course, to us la uh, last night. I believe the identity, of course, of the janitor who was it was that was at Money in the Bank, of course, during the uh, during I guess during the latter match that took place here. We have his identity during the corporate Money in the Bank ladder match at the event, the same name this past Sunday. There was a spot in which Danny Brooks slipped on water left behind by a janitor. The rest of the newsletter report that the janitor was played by Kane Pritchard, spelled just like the wrestler, K-A-N-E, who was the real-life son of Bruce Pritchard. And yes, his name is actually Kane. He was actually named after the WWE character. So apparently uh, Bruce Pritchard and Glenn Jacobs, who, of course, is the, who is, not, who is of course, Kane, probably are good friends or something. And I guess they were able to do that. So, so there you have it there, folks. Um, there it is for our, there is of course for our some some wrestling news tidbits of course here to leave you with for the night and also on that note ladies and gentlemen I do thank you for listening in here this evening to episode 207 of WWS Power Hour of course Mr WWS Chad Hinshaw here of course saying here uh, like we said here don't be sure to join me tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for WWS this morning 8058613 pound as of course we'll bring you tomorrow's wrestling history and birthdays. And also some uh, wrestling news tidbits, once again, from 411 Mania. Um, you heard some of the ones here today. We may have, we may, hopefully we'll have some new ones to report on tomorrow. But we will, of course, obviously let you know, of course, uh, what we uh, will hopefully we'll be able to, to do just exactly. We'll be able to take care of that here for you here tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning. Also, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check out, of course, today. Earlier today, of course, we posted some more stuff. Uh, between, of course, Entertainment Cavalcade, the game show Alley. Also, of course, uh, um, let me see, the Motor Week Retro Review Cards of the Past Facebook pages. Uh, also, some of the Power Rangers page. And, of course, check out all the other posts that we've made on all of our uh, all of our pages here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as we, of course, like I said, just to get you, like I said, just to keep your mind focused on, get your mind off of this, of course, this pandemic that's been pretty much kind of ruling the roost here. In the whole in the whole uh, news world, um, to get your mind off of things, enjoy something here. Of course, that like I said, that is much is much more enjoyable than what's going on right now. So check out everything we've got going on here on all of our pages, of course, here in WWS. Oh, okay, sorry about that. Also, of course, also of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <clears throat> be sure to check out all of our. Check out, of course, our pages for a lot of our shows on TalkShoe, including, of course, we have links, of course, to Revolution, the Wolfpack, the Raw Radio, and Outside the Ropes. Working on getting links for the other ones posted on some of these, on some of our Facebook pages. You can go back and enjoy past episodes of all of our of, of all the shows in the radio network, even some that we that that uh, of course that we possibly did maybe who knows four or five years ago. So uh, you'll definitely love to hear something, some very unique takes on a lot of things from back in the day. You'll definitely love to hear. You definitely love to hear what we have to say, of course, 
um, on all of our shows, of course, here in Talk Show. We hope to also get a lot of these shows up and running here very, very soon. So be sure, to, of course, to listen in on everything that we've got going on here in WWS. Check out all the posts we've got on all of our pages. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, for the avid eBay uh, shopper in, in your family, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check out Perpetual Uniquity, of course, here on uh, on eBay. Internet retail for the eternally distinctive individual. A lot of great stuff there, of course, here for sale. Be sure to check out everything that we've got, of course, under the sun here, <clears throat> here today, of course, at Perpetual Uniquity. And also, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget Bulldog DVD sells a variety on Facebook. We still have a lot of great titles, of course, DVDs and Blu-rays. Of course, $1 for all the DVDs and Blu-rays with one or two discs in each set. Also, of course, uh, DVDs and Blu-rays with three or more discs in each set, including, of course, the four-disc set we've been advertising since before Christmas of the four movies starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Of course, as we said, Predator, Commando, <clears throat> The, the Running Man and Total Recall, of course, the those are $2. Also, of course, DVDs in the little jewel cases, folks, are, and these are the actual ones. They're not copies. They're the actual DVDs are, of course, uh, 50 cents a piece. Be sure to check out what we have here today. More will be added on here very, very soon here. And I hope, like I said, if you see any, of course, of interest, please feel free, of course, to, uh, like I said, well, let's, let's do some talking. Like I said, who knows? You might find something you haven't seen in a long time. And who knows? You might, uh, you, you, uh, <clears throat> and you, if you see more, of course, here, folks, don't hesitate to give me a call and ask if you don't see one that you're looking for. Who knows? I may end up having it. It might be probably under a different name or something. So who knows? But be sure to check out what we got here today at Bulldog DVD Sales and Variety, where, of course, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> we take a bite out of the cost so you can enjoy your favorite selection. Of course, that is, of course, Bulldog DVD Sales and Variety. Uh, Power Hour episode. 207 is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, five years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio Network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling and pop culture connection. Folks, take care of yourselves and each other here. Of course, stay safe, ladies and gentlemen, by washing your hands, staying clean, and, of course, praying by all means. Of course, like I said, hopefully this will be over here with be over with very, very, very soon, we can all get back to, of course, to live in some, some degree of normalcy here. And ladies and gentlemen, we will. Um, it's just, like I said, just a, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things that, of course, we have to be mindful about and be very, very careful, careful about. But of course, we pray for those who have been affected by it, of course. But like I said, this, like I said, as long as you, of course, like I said, wash your hands, stay clean, and and pray, ladies and gentlemen. You know, everyone will be, of course, just fine there indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, since 2015, your source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between. This is, of course, the WWS Radio Network. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and play you out with our opening theme here tonight, which was, of course, if you remember from the old Starcader, also, of course, from the um, um, <clears throat> um, from the uh, from the movie, uh, I believe it was from the, the movie uh, Sat Staying Alive or Saturday Night Fever. Um, Staying Alive, that's what it was, yes. Uh, from, of course, Frank Stallone, of course, yes, the brother, real-life brother of Sylvester Stallone, of course, with the song Far From Over. Take care and God bless you, folks. We'll talk about you tomorrow morning with WCWS This Morning. This is, of course, as always, the WCWS Radio Network.
WSWS Radio Network. Have a good evening, good weekend, folks, and we'll talk at you here tomorrow morning on WSWS This Morning. Take care out there, my friends, and God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.